WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 5th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds. Today, warm, high 93. Tonight, overnight, mostly clear, low 70. And then tomorrow, it'd even be hotter. Sunny, hot, high 95. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 72 and clear in Pleasantville up in Westchester. 76 and clear in Woodbridge down in New Jersey. And it is 75 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I thought... She would like it if I did. So it was a year ago today that I lost my mom. And uh, in Judaism, you uh, recognize that day as the end of the year of mourning. It's a time where you light a candle. I guess there's other things that goes on. that, But that's the whole thing is you do a year of mourning and it ends on the day that she died. So it was a year ago today that she passed away. And, of course, so many things come flooding through my head as I think of things to say about her. But so much of what I think about is all that she missed over the last year and will continue to miss. And so many times that I thought to reach out to her, a lot of times with just issues with the kids that sometimes she was good with and won't be able to do that anymore. Um, and and I, uh, so much of what I think about as well is... Um, that uh, she was a great mom, you know, I got, I lucked out. Sometimes, you know, I know I've heard so many stories from friends who have parents who just weren't there for them. And boy, <laughs> there were so many times she got me out of binds and I got into some pretty serious situations, uh, most that I can't tell on the air. And uh, she would pull me out of them and never hold it over my head, which was great. She lived a great life and a complicated one in some ways in that she was really well educated uh, with degrees and had studied at University of Chicago, University of Michigan, at Princeton University. But ultimately, she was a homemaker and she was damn good at it. But I think because she grew up in that generation where women are really going to work, she felt like she hadn't done right by getting a job and being out in the working world. But boy, she was good at being at home and throwing parties and making meals. And I think that was ultimately fulfilling for her. But there was that conflict of, oh, I should be doing more because women around me are going out into the uh, work uh, world. Uh, She always told me she was kind of jealous of what I did and wanted to thought she would be a good journalist. And I always thought she would have been a damn good one. I mean, a really good one. Uh, She was thorough and smart, educated, knew what was going on around her, cared about people, all the things you want to be to become a fantastic journalist. And when I think about the one situation, I can tell you that's a funny story that she got me out of. I can tell this story on the air now is I had a girlfriend when I was about 15 years old, who lived in a different area code. And you'll remember back in those days, right, if you lived in a different area code, that was a long-distance phone call. And I was desperate to talk to her every single day. But, of course, my parents would see the phone bill, and they'd say, you can't call there. It's too expensive. So someone had told me, if you call the operator and you tell them you want to charge the call to another number, a lot of times they'll just put you through. 
And this person said, hey, why don't you do this? Charge it to the WPLJ request line because it's always busy and they won't be able to check. Well, WPLJ was the biggest station in New York at the time. So I called the operator. I'd give them the number that I wanted to call. And then I'd give them the number that I wanted to charge it to, which is the WPLJ request line. And they put me through. And I thought, this is brilliant. And so I got to talk to her. Every single day. My girlfriend at the time was in another area code. Well, sure enough, I mean, stupid. Obviously, eventually, PLJ figured it out, and they reported it to the New York State Police, and the New York State Police called my mother. And uh, they, you know, they they put it all together, and I got home, and, you know, she was pretty sore and pretty angry. And uh, the, the key, I will give her this credit, and my father might be hearing about this for the first time today as I'm talking about it, because now he listens to the podcast. She said, don't tell Dad. I said, okay. She goes, I'll pay this off. And she worked it out where she paid off monthly until it was all done. And I think it was like 600 bucks, which was a lot of money then. And uh, she did. And he never found out until right <laughs> until right now. So anyway, she's desperately missed. And uh, I'm so proud of my father as he has soldiered on and continues to work and has created a good life for him post-mom. But, of course, this is a desperately sad day for him as well. Miss you, Mom. And uh wish you were here to just hear about all that was going on in life. Uh, sorry that you're gone. All right, 505, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Summer is over. Back to work and school. It was a pretty tame West Indian Day parade. Wait, what happened to ESPN and Channel 7? New rules today for Airbnb owners in the city. Staten Island ferry workers are all smiles. All right, let's get into it at 5.06. We've been following this story all night long. Crews, crews battling a fire broke out at a New York City Department of Transportation building in Queens last night. Five firefighters have been hurt battling this three-alarm fire. It started at the New York City Department of Transportation Harper Street Plants Warehouse and Maintenance Space that's located in Willits Point. There were people at the U.S. Open who said they smelled the smoke because it's not too far away from where tennis action was taking place. Approximately 40 units and 150 fire and EMS personnel at the scene overnight. Not sure how many of them are still there at this hour. Firefighters battling flames on the roof. They were worried about some chemicals that might have caught fire. And they told people who lived close to this building to keep their windows closed and air conditioning on overnight. So far, again, four firefighters hurt. We'll follow the story as the morning wears on. WABC News Time 508. All right, the holiday weekend wrapping up for most Americans. School starts for many kids this week if they haven't started already. Uh, lots of traffic across the tri-state as people were trying to get home even early this morning. A couple bad wrecks and things. We saw a calm fire. So it was, a, it was a rough trip coming in. Yeah, uh, some drivers saying they, you know, found themselves caught in traffic, especially coming back from the Jersey Shore, other places. Might get a little traffic jams with everybody traveling today, but we're prepared. We got the music ready. They they fueling up with food, so we'll be good. Yeah, so uh, drivers, of course, all over the place, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's the best time to leave. We were driving up from Long Island. It actually was much better than I expected. Uh, we saved time, so I was surprised. 
Yeah, so there was this one stop in Westchester where people, you know, stopped to fuel up on coffee and use the bathroom and that kind of thing. And this is one of those times where I remember being a street reporter and they would put me in one of these places to talk to drivers and people would tell you completely different things. So this one driver said, yeah, no problem, no traffic at all. This is the same rest stop. We were driving up from Long Island. It actually was much better than I expected. Uh, we saved time, so I was surprised. Yeah, so then they talked to another driver who says this. Surprisingly, I was expecting it to be just flowing, but it was not so. I did not see a lot of cars. No. Yeah, so you're but seeing conflicting things. Same people, same rest stop. One guy saying it's crazy. The other person saying it's no problem at all. Uh, tragedy at the Jersey Shore over this long holiday weekend. Three swimmers died. Several others had to be rescued due to rip currents at the Jersey Shore. This was all because of those hurricanes and storms way out in the Atlantic that made for rough surf all weekend long. On Sunday, tragedy struck in Beach Haven, Ocean County, where lifeguards created a human chain to begin searching for some a submerged swimmer uh, who was eventually found, but unfortunately had died 24 years old. I went to get him Unfortunately, he was uh, unconscious. We performed CPR on him. He was transferred to Jersey Shore Hospital and um, he passed away. And then in Belmar, two swimmers pulled to shore safely. But despite efforts by police and EMS on the sand, they post passed away. Uh, five swimmers rescued amid uh, the um, riptides at Belmar as well. It was just crazy weekend that way. A lot of people were saying, hey, I'm just going to stay close to shore, get my feet wet, and don't want to go in too much deeper because it seems a little too hectic out there. All of a sudden, I realized I was getting pulled out pretty far. It definitely seemed like that down there, that current was really, really, really strong down there. There was a great scene. A Marine veteran, his name is Steve Hauser. He was recording a YouTube video as he was surfing, and then he saw this swimmer at Belmar. His name is Gabe McCabe, and he saw him struggling in the water. So you have this great video, and we're going to put it up at WABCradio.com, of him taking his surfboard to this guy who was struggling on the water and pulling him back to sea. Gabe McCabe was ecstatic that he was there because he said he wasn't sure he was going to be able to hang on much longer. I've never experienced anything like this. It just zapped the energy right out of you. Right when Gabe grabbed onto that board, I knew I had him. Yeah, so Hauser and McGabe, as you might guess, are now friends for life, which is uh, because he saved his life. On the sand, uh, Belmar, people telling stories of getting tossed around in the ocean all weekend long. I think that you should um, be confident in your ability to swim when you come down to the water. If you're not an experienced swimmer, maybe not getting into the water if it's not something that you can handle. You have to analyze the tide and the current and know your own boundaries before you get in. Yeah, so a lot of these uh, incidents, unfortunately, happening after lifeguards had left for the day. And, of course, they always warn you don't swim, even if you're a confident one, if there's nobody around to save you. I think that you should um, be confident in your ability to swim when you come down to the water. Yeah, so with the unofficial end to summer, that means uh, pools are closing. We found some kids up in Westchester, Tibbetts, Brook Park pool closed now for the season. The pool is actually really fun for me. I like about the pool is the big slide over there because I could go on where... 
kind of sad because I like the pool. The uh, Westchester County Director of Activities, a pool being one of the ones that he runs during the summer, said, okay, summer's over, but he says he's got a lot planned for the fall. It's a fun season, exciting season. Uh, they really are family-oriented at all our pools and beaches. Come and enjoy some of our other amenities, a lot of festivals, a lot of other programming going to start up uh, really soon and enjoy the fall. They're just as beautiful as the summer season. I know we say this every year, but boy, that went fast, right? I mean, you still got a couple more weeks of warm weather, but it's not like the freedom you have in July and August. 514, of course, the end of Labor Day weekend is the time for the big Caribbean Carnival Juve, the West Indian Parade yesterday. It was mostly safe because the parade's been marred by violence in years past, but one person was shot. Another two were slashed near the beginning of the parade route for the New York Caribbean Carnival in Crown Heights section of Brooklyn yesterday. Happened about 5.30 as the festivities were wrapping up, but many people were still out enjoying the celebrations near the corner of Eastern Parkway and Utica Avenue. We had a couple groups meet up. We don't know what caused the fight. Shots rang out. Uh, Two people got stabbed. One got shot in the back. We recovered a firearm. But a cops were there quickly. Yes, so three people were injured when a fight between two groups broke out. Eastern Parkway, a 19-year-old shot in the buttocks, a 16-year-old slashed in the leg, a 20-year-old man slashed in the hand. John Shell of the uh, NYPD Patrol Bureau says a drone actually went in there to see what was going on, and they were able to get cops in there awfully quickly thanks to that drone. We had heard on Friday the NYPD was going to employ these drones to watch the parade so police knew where to go in, and they say this was a successful use of those drones yesterday. We had a large crowd on this corner. That was definitely going to be retaliation. We called out our drone technology to see what we were looking at density-wise, and now you can see what happened. We pulled the drone out. We take some of our cops up here, we clear the corner, and now we're much safer than we were an hour ago. Yes, and that's the name of the game. Two of the victims taken to Brookdale Hospital. While one refused medical attention, the good news here is all the victims are going to be okay. No words on any arrests in the case of this uh, uproar at the parade yesterday. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Noam Aladin. College football's week one ended with another stunner last night with unranked Duke beating the visiting number nine Clemson by a score of 28-7. to And while Clemson head coach Adabo Sweeney called, quote, the weirdest game he's ever been a part of, Clemson had 12 more first downs, 48 more yards, and both threw and rushed for 200 yards. The stat that had correlated to a 108-0 and all-time record for the Tigers. Not last night, though, as Duke topples their first top-10 program since 1989. So another big upset over the weekend, the college football weekend. And if college football bedlam is the appetizer, then regular season NFL action is the main course now. And it is officially that time as a full slate of Week 1 NFL games kicks off this week on Thursday Night Football with the Lions and the defending champion and six-and-a-half-point favorite Chiefs in Kansas City. Locally, the Giants get the division rival Dallas Cowboys at home on Sunday night for their Week 1 matchup. The G-Men are three-and-a-half-point underdogs as of now. For the Jets, they get set to welcome in the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football as two-and-a-half-point home underdogs there. On the diamond, both the Mets and Yankees were off yesterday, but get back at it tonight. The Yanks will open up a series at home with the Detroit Tigers tonight at 7 5 p.m. Garrett Cole set to take the hill against Detroit's Alex Fiedo. I'll be there. No. Really? Yeah, I'll be there. It's my first Yankee game in a, in a long time because I was boycotting for a while. 
So, I'm going tonight to see the Martians' home debut. The Martian being Jason Dominguez, that young stud the Yankees called up last weekend. Uh, Garrett Cole will take the hold tonight. And against... what does the ticket cost? Like five bucks? Yeah, we're paying, I think, uh, 25 collective dollars for like, <laughs> wow. for like really good bleacher seats. Yeah, that's insane. So, you know, it'll be fun. We're looking forward to it. That's for the Mets there in Washington to begin a series with the Nationals also starting tonight at 7.05 p.m. Jose Quintana gets a start against Washington's Patrick Corbin. And Tennis's U.S. Open quarterfinals are set in both the men's and women's brackets with action set to get under way on the women's side at noon today with Coco Gauff make, uh, matching up against Latvia's Jelena Ostapenko. American Taylor Fritz on the men's side has his work cut out for him at 1.30 p.m. this afternoon against world number two Novak Djokovic before the two other remaining American men go head-to-head at 8.30 p.m. tonight in Francis Tiafo and Ben Shelton. So you got that to look forward to as well. And that's sports on 77 WABC. No, I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 519. Let's go out to Long Island. We told you yesterday about a violent boat crash between two boats in Suffolk County Sunday night. Took the life of a husband and wife. Now investigators trying to figure out what caused it all. Suffolk County cops say Louis Doritas was behind the wheel of a 27-foot boat when it collided with a 44-foot vessel. Doritas' boat capsized. His body was recovered after it was thrown into the water. His wife, Renee, found dead inside the ship's cabin. William Screema, Suffolk County PD, says investigators don't believe drugs or alcohol were a factor. Boating safety is just as important as vehicle safety, if not more so, especially on a busy weekend like this weekend. The larger boat sustained minimal damage and the people on board weren't seriously hurt. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. WABC News Time 520. Police in Pennsylvania still searching for this escaped inmate they call extremely dangerous. He got out of jail. This was last Thursday. We are asking residents to check on their neighbors. If they're not at home, please let us know so we can check their property in their absence. Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens says they're working to find this convicted murderer. Danello Cavalcante want to make sure no one is hurt in the process. Cavalcante allegedly seen on video uh, just west of Philadelphia in a town there near the Chester County prison where he escaped. Bivens says they've had Cavalcante's mother record a video that they're broadcasting that asks him to turn himself in peacefully. I want to push him hard. He'll make mistakes. He'll show himself. He's already shown himself, we believe, a few times. We'll contain him, and we will eventually catch him. He had only been in prison for 15 days, allegedly, or actually he was found guilty of stabbing his girlfriend 36 times. Uh, Bivens, the lieutenant, Colonel George Bivens, says they're eventually going to catch up with him. We will do it as quickly as possible. Obviously, it takes time. He is desperate. He does not want to be caught. He has very little to lose at this point. 521. President Biden says he's proud to be a huge supporter of labor unions. He was in Philadelphia yesterday with labor unions. Wall Street didn't build America. The middle class built America and unions built the middle class. The president says America's workers are the hardest working in the world and the country's support for unions, he says, is at the highest it's been in some time. People with physical courage and brains, people who busted their necks their whole lives to care for their families. And the president says Americans are behind the union movement. America's support for union is higher today than any time in nearly 60 years. My plan for the country is to make the economy work for people like you, because when it works for people like you, it works for everybody. 
Meanwhile, a new poll shows a majority of Americans think President Biden is too old to run for another term. According to the Wall Street Journal poll, nearly three-fourths of the registered voters cited Biden's age as a major concern. Another 60 percent indicated they don't consider him mentally up for the job. The poll drew a much higher negative response to Biden's age at 80 than respondents gave to his potential GOP challenger, the 77-year-old former President Trump. I'm Mark Mayfield. All right, let's go overseas. Turkey's president arriving in southern Russia with a view to convince his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, to restart the expired Black Sea grain initiative that Moscow pulled out of back in July. In Moscow is Dario Bondarek for 77 WABC. Turkish President Erdogan is expected to bring proposals from Ankara and the United Nations to fulfill Russia's conditions to resume the grain deal. In particular, it is not clear how the UN would be able to convince the EU to reconnect Russia's agricultural exports bank, Rosyrhosbank, back to SWIFT, the global interbank exchange system, or to unfreeze the assets of Russian fertilizer producers. Daria Bondarchuk, Moscow. All right, let's bring it back home. 523, one Senate Republican backing minority leader Mitch McConnell's claims that he's okay. He was direct. He said, I had that concussion, and he said, they warned me that I would be lightheaded. In, in the future and that I've got to be aware of it. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds there says that he spoke with McConnell over the weekend. Rounds described the Kentucky senator as being good shape. There had been widespread concerns about McConnell's health after the 81-year-old appeared to freeze in front of reporters in Kentucky on Wednesday. Dr. Monahan, who is also my physician there at the Senate, he's sharp. Uh, he uh, says it exactly the way that it is and If he says, uh, you know, Mitch is ready to go, then Mitch is ready to go. And McConnell, who experienced a similar issue, you'll remember, at the U.S. Capitol back in late July, was cleared by his Capitol physician at the end of last week. Elon Musk is blaming the Anti-Defamation League for lost advertising revenue on X, which, of course, is formerly known as Twitter. In a post Monday, he alleged that the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti-Semitic. The tech mogul noted he's pro-free speech but against anti-Semitism of any kind. Musk also indicated he was considering legal action against the ADL, which noted on Monday that it wouldn't comment on legal threats. I'm Mark Mayfield. WABC News Time 525. Hard to believe, but the writer strike in Hollywood has reached the four-month mark now with no sign of it ending anytime soon. It's been two weeks since the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers last talked. And it doesn't look like either side will back down. The WGA says they are open to talking, but will let the Hollywood studios make the first move. In their last communication, the WGA acknowledged the AMPTP has made progress, but their most recent offer on August 11th was still not good enough. I'm Brooks Walker, yeah, so NBC still... News Radio. Oh, sorry about that. Still, the uh, w- those writers still on the picket line as we speak today. An investment app dealing with the fallout of a billion-dollar fraud case now. Robinhood is repurchasing over $600 million worth of shares that belong to FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried. The popular stock trading app said in a regulator filing that it bought more than $55 million of its own shares the Justice Department seized in January. Bankman-Fried is accused of orchestrating a billion-dollar fraud scheme and is set for trial in October. 
I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. The holiday shortened trading week gets underway with this morning's opening bell on Wall Street. Markets were closed yesterday, of course, in observance of Labor Day. Trading is resuming on the heels of a week that ended with stocks in mixed territory. At Friday's closing bell, the Dow gained 115 points. S&P 500 picked up eight. The Nasdaq fell three points. Coming up in the week ahead, in the four days that we have left, we'll see data on factory orders. That's going to come out today. Followed by the U.S. trade deficit and the Fed's beige book. That comes out tomorrow. And weekly jobless claims are due on Thursday. Consumer credit, that comes out on Friday. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 5th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. Going to be awfully warm. High 93. Tonight, overnight, mostly clear low 76 and then even hotter tomorrow wednesday sunshine high 95 if you're walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 72 and clear up in pleasantville in westchester county 76 and clear down in woodbridge in new jersey and it is 75 and clear here in midtown we'll start this half hour here in the big city if you have spectrum cable service apparently You have lost ESPN and ABC, all these Disney-owned products. Now, this used to be a huge deal a number of years ago, but I guess it's still kind of big. When these cable companies get in fights with the providers about how much they're going to pay them, what the fees are going to be. And so that is going on with Spectrum now. So they've pulled... Uh, Channel 7. They've pulled Disney products like ESPN, which is kind of the big deal because the U.S. Open is on. But um, I thought so many people like me had cut the cord like years ago. I, I can't even remember it was so long ago. But apparently there's a lot of people out there who still uh, have cable, including lots of restaurants and bars that show these games and found themselves yesterday not able to show the U.S. Open. And they said they felt the effects of that. 30 people walked in and out uh, just yesterday. Uh, because they couldn't watch tennis. So it could impact bar, especially bar, it could impact tremendously. I don't know numbers but yet, but um, I'm sure we're going to feel that. And couldn't you just download the tennis app and watch it that way? I don't Maybe he just didn't know about that. But uh, there were people who go to bars to watch the thing who said they had to go back home and drink beer and watch it at home. I came here today to actually watch it, uh, you know, carry on watching it because I have a, a keen interest in tennis. Nothing. So very, very disappointing. But, you know, I just hope that that this is all uh, worked out soon. Otherwise, you know, bars that carry this are going to battle. Really, really battle. Yeah. So uh, in the meantime, anyway, Disney gone. All the Disney products gone from Spectrum Cable until they figure out that whole fee structure. Starting today enforcement of a new law here in the city expected to cause big drop in the number of Airbnb rentals. Uh, missing are short-term stays, like a bedroom in Bed-Stuy or another one in Sunset Park. That's because starting today, 
the city enforcing a law that prohibits Airbnb hosts from renting for stays less than 30 days. Well, most people, right, when you rent Airbnb, it's for like a long weekend, a week at a time. You no longer will be able to do that. The only way it is allowed is if the host registers with the city and they have to be present in the home for the duration of the stay. Well, the whole idea for the most part of Airbnb is you're renting someone's house, so they're not there, not that they're sitting there. Uh, people who've been applying for that permit so they can still rent out rooms in their home say the whole process has taken so long. Uh, some of them spoke with CBS. Mine was application number like 9,500 or something, and they have uh, approved like a few hundred at this point. And in the meantime, we're kind of in limbo, I guess. So Airbnb claims they lost or will lose about 70% of their New York City listings because of this rule that says you can only rent if you live in the home. And if you don't live in the home, it has to be a 30-day stay or more, which, of course, most Airbnb rentals are not that. They're long weeks or whatever. And so lots of people affected by this. Um, uh, the people who own homes say, you know, I don't want to be in the house while the guest is there. How many times have you wanted to go, uh, you know, sit on the couch with your host and watch Netflix instead of enjoying some privacy in in an affordable place. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So the goal of the legislation is for the city to crack down on illegal hotels and bad actors who deplete the city's housing stock. So here's the issue. The same thing is happening where I live in Jersey City. You can't do these short-term rentals anymore because they claim it took rentals off the market for people who are looking to rent long-term because you can make more money doing an Airbnb. And so there's one guy in Bed-Stuy says he's noticed that people come in, buy up the buildings, in Bed-Stuy, and it changes the whole complexion of the neighborhood because you just have short-term people hanging around. When I came here, people bought these houses so that they could raise a family. And through this, we became community. Yeah, and he says that's kind of gone away with these Airbnb rentals. It's a problem all over the country, for that matter. It takes these rentals off the market. So you could get a $5,000 fine if they catch you doing this. That's what they're claiming. I don't know what enforcement is going to be like. They haven't detailed that. But some people who own homes and make money and are able to pay their mortgage doing Airbnb say they'll continue to do it and just hope they don't get fined. As much as we can, like saving our money and all of the things because I rely, we let rely on um, short-term rental. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in the coming weeks. WABC News Time 539. We have more information about a shooting we took. Uh, we told you about yesterday, a police-involved shooting. They have, uh, well, this guy's a creep. He shot at uh, police officers who arrived in Queens early Monday morning. This was about 3 in the morning. He just started shooting at these police officers, of course, catching the attention of people on the block who initially thought that gunfire was fireworks. People in the neighborhood told me that they heard the gunshots. The gentleman, one of the gentlemen that I talked to regularly came over, he said he heard it. It was 15 shots. He heard it. He lives right on the, the next block. Yeah, so police say two officers heard the gunshots ring out. They weren't far away, so they race over and they find this man holding a gun. But instead of dropping it, he opened fire on the police officers. One police officer returned fire. Keep your hands up. Get on the ground. On the ground. On the ground. 
Yeah, so uh, thank God nobody was hit by the gunfire um, and uh, nobody was injured. The officers taken to the hospital treated for ringing in their ears from the gunfire. The gunman, thankfully, he was tackled at the scene as the gun was taken away from him as well. With all of the police officers and cars and matter of fact, there was a bus. It was double parked right here. So no one could go through. And then when you look a little further, you see all the tapes. So you actually recognize and acknowledge that something crazy has happened. Yeah, and they say uh, neighbors in this neighborhood say gunfire just too often happening there. A group of burglars wanted for breaking into 13 homes in Queens in Brooklyn, stealing several of the homeowners' luxury cars. So they break in to get the fob or the key and then take the car. Surveillance video shows the men in action in Whitestone and Queens. The area the burglars have been targeting the most. As you might guess, the neighbors are pretty worried about that. That's the terrible thing. I mean, I wish no property was hit. I got cameras all around the house, so we have um, that surveillance thing, and there's always somebody home. I work variable hours. My kids are in and out, so I think they're targeting, like, empty homes. So police say they think it's the same crew. The wanted men attempted to break into three homes in Queens between June 2nd and June 25th, but were either confronted by homeowners or the alarm systems, and then they fled the scene without taking anything. The men were able to break into a home near 222nd Street. They sold an Audi SUV in July. They're also accused of stealing at least 10 cars in both Queens and Brooklyn right up until August. My fear is like, the escalation of that right it it may be homes but if there's somebody in the home and then someone becomes hurt because of it it's just that's a terrible thing so that's a fear of course on the part of police so far nobody's been injured in any of these robberies thank god but so far police have not caught up with them starting today New York City's enforcing expanded new trash rules as part of an ongoing fight against rats All chain stores with five or more locations within the five boroughs must now use containers with secure lids or garbage cans when leaving trash out on the curb. So no more bags of trash out on the curb. A warning period has been underway for a month. The trash container rules are in concert with the Department of Sanitation's adjusted set-out and pick-up times. Officials have said the city's four mitigation zones reported a decrease in 311 rat complaints by an average of 45%. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. WABC News Time 543 reporters following all the politicians who were marching in the West Indian Day Parade in Brooklyn yesterday, asking them about the issue of migrants and how they're handling the influx, which, by the way, the bus is still rolling in from the U.S.-Mexico border to the Port Authority almost every single day. Attorney General Letitia James, one of the people walking in the parade yesterday, she was talking about this letter between Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams. They're playing this blame game about handling the migrant crisis. The letters, the accusations, the recriminations don't serve anyone. And what we really need is someone to coordinate. And so I would urge everyone to get together in a room um, or on a Zoom call to appoint a uh, a migrant czar. Governor Hochul marching in this parade as well yesterday, talking about the 100,000 migrants that have arrived here over the last year. Those who are migrant asylum seekers. Well, that's Mayor Adams, but here he is anyway. Those who are migrant asylum seekers today will be the commissioners for tomorrow. We're working very closely together. Our teams have been embedded with the mayors for months now. 
uh, those on the outside who are not immersed in the day-to-day operations here may not be aware of that. Yeah, so Governor Hochul, the mayor, playing down that their relationship has been fractured by this migrant crisis. 544, Staten Island ferry workers getting raises for the first time in 13 years. 13 years without a raise. That is just hard to believe. Everything is going up around you. And you're seeing your pay stagnant for 13 years. Mayor Adams, New York City and the Marine Engineers Beneficial Association reaching this retroactive agreement that runs from November of 2010 to January of 2027. The deal starts next month, establishes salary rates in a 40-hour work week, saying it provides immediate relief, resolves some staffing shortages. So under this new contract, a captain now making $70,000 a year will make 180000 by the time it expires. It's not a bad payday. On this Labor Day in 2023, we have achieved a remarkable feat transforming the lowest paid ferry jobs in the nation into the highest paid. That's right. Those ferry workers will be the highest paid in the U.S. Our members and other municipal transit workers have never faltered in their commitment to provide the essential services that every New New Yorker depends on. They are the unsung heroes of the city, and this contract serves as a testament to their unwavering dedication. Those ferry workers have been complaining for years about staffing shortages. We had some of those sick outs over the last couple months. Now they'll be the highest paid workers in the nation. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Owen. Maybe I should become a ferry worker. Yeah, 180000 that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, hey now. <laughs> I'll see you uh, <laughs> never. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you just go back and forth all day. I mean, exactly. I think that would be a great job. Why not? You know, especially in the summertime. Yeah. I mean, the wintertime. Do they, do they even run in the winter? I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, yeah. 24-7, yeah. You know? Wow. All right, no. Well, into sports here. College football's week one ended with another stunner last night with unranked Duke beating the visiting number nine Clemson by a score of 28 to 7. And what Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney called, quote, the weirdest game he's ever been a part of. Clemson had 12 more first downs, 48 more yards, and both threw and rushed for 200 yards, a stat that had correlated to a 108 and 0 all time record for the Tigers. Not last night, though as Duke topples their first top-ten program since 1989. And if college football bedlam is the appetizer, then regular season NFL action is the main course. And it is officially that time as a full slate of Week 1 NFL games kicks off this week on Thursday Night Football with the Lions in the defending champion and six-and-a-half-point favorite Chiefs in Kansas City. Locally, the Giants get the division rival Dallas Cowboys at home on Sunday night for their Week 1 matchup. The G-Men are three-and-a-half-point underdogs as of now. For the Jets, they get set to welcome in the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football as two-and-a-half-point home dogs. There on the diamond, both you know, the- I joined a, a pick'em team league. You know, where you just yeah. the old-fashioned, just pick all the teams, right. and and I'm wondering if I should use AI to pick the teams. Do I think I'll have a better chance if I do that? Isn't that cheating? I didn't say any of the rules that I couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't use AI. Well, I wouldn't feel morally. Um, really, I'd have yeah. no problem collecting the money and just putting it in my pocket. <laughs> I guess I have to say that for the air, right? <laughs> but I'm kind of with you <laughs> on the diamond, though. No, but the Mets and Yankees are up yesterday. They get back at it tonight. The Yanks will open up a series at home with the Detroit Tigers tonight at 7:05 p.m. Garrett Cole going up against Detroit's Alex Fajardo. As for the Mets, they're in Washington to begin a series with the Nationals, also starting tonight at 7:05 p.m. Jose Quintana gets a start against Washington's Patrick. Corbin and Tennis's U.S. Open quarterfinals are set in both the men's and women's brackets with action set to get underway on the women's side at noon today with Coco Gauff matching up with or against Latvia's Jelena Ostapenko. American Teller Fritz on the men's side has his work cut out for him at 1.30 p.m. this afternoon against world number two Novak Djokovic. 
before the two other remaining American men go head-to-head at 8.30 p.m. tonight in Francis Tiapo and Ben Shelton. So a lot of American tennis to look forward to today. Gnome, and that is sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ogg. All right, let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. We've been watching this all night. Crews battling a fire broke out at a New York City Department of Transportation building in Queens. Uh, it's a three-alarm blaze started at the New York City Department of Transportation Harper Street Plants a Warehouse and a maintenance space on Harper Street in Willits Point. The smoke could be smelled at the uh, U.S. Open, not too far away. Approximately 40 units, 150 firefighters, EMS personnel were on the scene late last night. We just got word in in the last 15 or 20 minutes that four firefighters were injured battling this blaze. We do not know the extent of the injuries. Of course, as soon as we do, we will pass them on to you and we'll follow this story all morning long. The other big story of the morning is the summer is kind of over. It's not officially over right on the calendar, but for most people, it's back to work, back to school. Uh, the drive home, a little tough for people this morning, last night. A couple bad wrecks. I think we saw a calm fire, so... It was a uh, it was a rough trip coming in. You might get a little traffic jams with everybody traveling today, but we prepared. We got the music ready. They they fueling up with food, so we'll be good. Yeah, found some people at a rest stop up in Westchester uh, detailing their ride home last night. We were driving up from Long Island. It actually was much better than I expected. Uh, we saved time, so I was surprised. Tragic weekend, though, at the Jersey Shore. Three swimmers died amid the surf. Several others had to be rescued due to rip currents. On Sunday, tragedy striking in Beach Haven, Ocean County lifeguards created a human chain to begin a search for a submerged swimmer. They found it, unfortunately, it was too late for the 24-year-old. They went to get him. Unfortunately, he was uh, unconscious. We performed CPR on him. He was transferred to Jersey Shore Hospital, and um, he passed away. Two swimmers pulled to the shore safely, but despite efforts by police and EMS, a 22-year-old man was killed in the rough waves. Over in Belmar, police received a call for a group of swimmers in distress off 6th Avenue Beach. Five swimmers rescued. Uh, one of them was along a uh, seaside beach as well. All of a sudden I realized I was getting pulled out pretty far. It definitely seemed like that down there, that current was really, really, really strong down there. Yeah, so it was just tough all around this weekend. There was a nice moment where a Marine veteran, Stephen Hauser, he was out on his surfboard. This was on Sunday. He was recording a YouTube video, and he saw the swimmer. His name is Gabe McCabe. He was struggling in the water and looked like he was about to go under, so he took a surfboard over to Gabe and uh, told him to hold on and then brought him to shore. And as you might guess, Gabe was pretty happy about that. I've never experienced anything like this. It just so zapped the energy right out of you. Right when Gabe grabbed onto that board, I knew I had Yeah, and uh, he brought him to shore. But that's what a lot of people talked about this weekend, getting caught in these riptides. So you had a lot of people on the sand. They said, "Okay, I'm going to go up into my knees, not a whole lot more in the ocean. I think that you should um, be confident in your ability to swim when you come down to the water. If you're not an experienced swimmer, maybe not getting into the water if it's not something that you can handle. You have to analyze the tide and the current and (laughs) know your own boundaries before you get in. Yeah. You know, saw your this own girl boundaries. on uh, TV. They showed that it was uh, Anthony Johnson, right? The New Jersey reporter on CBS. That yeah. girl was fat. ABC. He's a great reporter. <laughs> yeah.
I don't know about you, but because you and I both have sons named Gabriel, right. Gabe, mm-hmm. every time uh, Gabe is mentioned on TV, we're like, oh, my God, Gabe. <laughs> right. You do that, too? Yeah, because people don't give their kids the name Gabe anymore. We're, I like, know. It's, it's not a very common name. No. So you hear Gabe, you're like, oh, my God, Gabe. Yeah, when people, he said to me, people always assume he's like a 70-year-old man. When right, see his right. Name. And, and yeah. in the movie Cocaine Bear, right, which is a very entertaining movie, the uh, the character that the late great Ray Liotta plays, his name was Sid, and the uh, the boy, the young man, uh, the boy, the, the young man, his name is Gabe. Huh? Well, How the, about that? The only Sids I run into besides you with the name Sid are all like seventy or eighty year old men or females. Oh, that's very popular among girls. Sidney with a Y, yes. Right. Which for some reason Chris Russo still. When he texts me, says Sidney with a Y. He's only <laughs> known me for thirty years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, the, um, over at the West Indian Day Parade, uh, it was all good until 5.30 last night when there was a shooting, uh, a couple people injured in that shooting, police on the scene. We had a couple groups meet up. We don't know what caused the fight. Shots rang out. Uh, two people got stabbed. One got shot in the back. We recovered a firearm. But a cops were there quickly. Now, up till that point, it had been peaceful. John Shell of the NYPD Patrol Bureau says they used those drones. We were warned about this. They were going to use drones to look over the parade and rowdy parties over the weekend. And in this case, they used a drone to see what was happening in that shooting. And then they sent police that way. We had a large crowd on this corner. That was definitely going to be retaliation. We called out our drone technology to see what we were looking at density-wise. And now you can see what happened. We pulled the drone out. We take some of our cops up here, we clear the corner, and now we're much safer than we were an hour ago. And that's the name of the game. So the good news here is all those people who were hurt are expected to make a full recovery. And finally, police rescuing a raccoon from the ceiling of a Starbucks in Riverdale up in the Bronx. whole bunch of people sitting there having their coffee at the franchise on West 235th Street. And all of a sudden, there's a surprise. There's a raccoon in the ceiling. Not really clear how it got there. Raccoons, man, with my coffee. I just didn't think that that was going to be a thing, you know. I love coffee. I love upstate. love Riverdale. I just didn't think it was going to be here. That's funny that he calls Riverdale upstate. I mean, it's the Bronx, not that far away. Police uh, and animal rescue come in, ASPCA. They say it wasn't too hard to get this raccoon out of the ceiling into the cage, and now they'll have to figure out where they're going to let it go. It was, like, it was, it was shocking. It's not not something that you see every day. Yeah. So, uh, of course, the worry was maybe the raccoon has rabies because it's out in the middle of the day. They'll check that over the next couple of days.